Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and Happy New Year and Happy Rafael Nadal is back year. I feel like this year we're going to talk a lot about Rafa considering he's hinted at 2024 could be his last year on tour. But as of right now, we're talking about him playing professional tennis on tour again. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosmo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Thanks for rolling with me into the new year. Thanks for being with me as 2024 begins, because we have a lot to talk about, not only in this episode, but this year. I don't know. This year feels different. Last year, when we get the new year, you're like, okay, Djokovic, Nadal, they're still at the top. You know, Alcaraz is starting to make his name known, stuff like that. This year, I feel like a lot of things can happen in the year of 2024 in the tennis world. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Rafael Nadal has hinted 2024 could be his last ever year on tour. It depends on how his injury goes and how his rehab goes and how his body really responds to how he plays on all surfaces that he chooses to play on throughout this year. But also, it's the beginning of the year, and at the very end of 2023, December 30th, 31st, 29th, stuff like that, he got back on tour. So at the beginning of the year, it's all going to be Rafa's back, Rafa's back, Rafa's back, which is really what this episode is about. And then it's going to get a little bit more into how sustainable is it moving forward. How sustainable is Rafael Nadal playing tennis at this level again moving forward into the rest of this year? You'd love to see him make it all the way to the U.S. Open and play at least three of the four Grand Slams. I think there's one in the middle there that we can see him not playing. I would guess that's Wimbledon just because it's such a fast service. It's right after Roland Garros and um, you know Wimbledon isn't his strongest uh, surface and that's no secret. It's obviously clay, and then he plays really, really good on hard court as well. But when you look at Wimbledon, it's not necessarily Rafael Nadal's strongest surface. You look at what Djokovic can do on it. If Nick Kyrgios gets back, what he can do on it. Some of these other big heavy hitters, what they can do on grass. Is it worth him wasting his body on grass? Uh, maybe not to make a major run there. That's going to be a question and an answer that we're going to have to wait for and also not talk about really until later this year. But right now, we're celebrating the return of Rafael Nadal. He is in Brisbane, and he's back on tour. I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of his match against Dominic Team, but the highlights that I saw, oh my goodness. Guys, Rafa is back. He looks lethal as ever. He looks good as ever, and... I don't know what I expected with him being back, but oh boy. I mean, he's he's whipping it. He's got the spin. He's got he's got everything going on. Typical Rafa fashion. And to be honest, I'm not that surprised because when you look at Rafael Nadal and what he's brought to the game of tennis and what he's done getting back on court uh, his whole career after injuries, he just doesn't come back to come back. He seems like he comes back at the right time when he feels like he can be a real threat at tournaments. And so I shouldn't be surprised that he's playing at the level he is, especially when his rehab took so long. But I think right now, and us that are in the media world get caught up in this a lot, but us as fans and people that talk about the sport of tennis get caught up in, oh my gosh, he's playing so, so well, you know, 
he's totally back. He's totally doing things. I got caught up in that when Roger came back. I've got caught up in that and when other players come back. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to get caught up in because they are playing so well. But I think there needs to be a step back at some point and look at the, the bigger picture because I think these players are so smart and they know their bodies so well. And I think they're a lot of times they're always looking bigger picture other than Taylor Fritz in the Breakpoint documentary when he said, I don't care if my foot's broken, I'm going to play Rafa in the finals at Indian Wells. That's different. But I think for the most part, tennis players are always looking at the broader picture and they always have certain goals they want to hit and they keep their eyes on that. So I'm going to break that down of what I think that could be something that Rafa's thinking about or working towards. Not that I know, but... I have realized from experience with other great players that there are times where you know certain things aren't as important to them as us as fans think they are. So we're going to get into that here. Rafa's back. Rafa beats Dominic Team in his singles match as he returns at Brisbane. And there's a lot of excitement around what Rafa's bringing back to tour. Nike's run ads. Nike did something on the skyscrapers that was super dope. Go back and look at that if you want to. Uh, but they pretty much put the bull his logo, the bull logo on all these skyscrapers. It's such a subtle thing for Nike to do, and it actually looks super cool. But the fact that Rafa's back is a huge deal, and the fact that he's playing well is a huge deal. You see the same with Naomi Osaka right now, right? Like, Naomi Osaka's playing really well as she comes back from injury. But how important is Brisbane really to Rafael Nadal? And the reason I bring this up is because we saw this with uh, with uh, Roger Federer a few years ago, right? When he had a really good tournament at Roland Garros, and then he just backs out so he can play in Wimbledon. It's like, okay, well, how important was Roland Garros actually to Roger Federer? Not really very important because he was all the time prepping for a Wimbledon run. Now, how important is, you know, Brisbane to Rafael Nadal? How important is an ATP 250 to Rafael Nadal? And in a post-match press conference, I believe it was post-match or it might have been between his matches, he said, uh, he said, right now he's just focused on being healthy, right? Like he's just he's just happy to be healthy. He talks about it being an emotional match, getting back into tennis, and um, it's very important for him to be back to tennis. But really, if you're Rafa coming back to Brisbane, I believe his eyes are really on the Australian Open. Getting matches in, making sure his body reacts well, making sure everything goes well, and making a really, really deep run in the Australian Open. When you have as many Grand Slam titles as Rafa has, what's he have, 22, I believe? When you have 22 Grand Slam titles, and I believe he has 22, when you have 22 Grand Slam titles, how important is you know an ATP 250 or 500 in all reality? Not really. He's looking at a run at the Australian Open, and that's what I'm really looking for in the weeks leading up to the Aussie Open is how he reacts to how he's playing because even in that first press conference he's you know he's just happy to be back happy that his body feels all right he's really focused on being healthy yeah he wants to win there's no doubt when Rafa gets on court that he wants to win but it's about more than just winning at this point in these early tournaments it's about playing well it's about his body reacting well and it's about him you know, feeling like he can compete at a high level at the Aussie Open in a few weeks. And that's what's more promising to me. Whether he wins these tournaments or wins a bunch of matches leading up to the Australian Open, to me, that doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's exciting he beats Dominic Thiem um, in, the, in the first match of his comeback. But it doesn't matter as much to me that he wins. It matters how he looks when he plays. How he, how he, does he wince in a lot of pain after the match? Does he say... I felt really, really good. Even if he loses, if he comes out and says, 
I felt great out there. That was awesome. That's more a win than if he wins and says, I don't feel good at all, right? So I think when you're, you got to temper your, your expectations when it comes to some of these big guys and their tournaments moving forward. This also comes into play with Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic just lost in the United Cup to Alex de Manure. No doubt a massive win for Alex de Manure. However, when you look at what is important to Novak Djokovic, is it the United Cup? Probably not. It's the Grand Slams. It's the Olympics. It's all these massive tournaments, right? And I think with what's happened in Australia in the past with him winning a bunch of Grand Slams there and also with everything that happened with COVID, his eyes are set on the Australian Open. There's no doubt about it. He took an injury timeout, I believe, against Alex de Manure. Whether it was a serious injury or not, which it didn't seem to be, but they were looking at his hand, I believe. Whether it's a serious, like, it doesn't matter, right? Everything he's doing right now is in preparation to win the Australian Open. Of course he wants to win the United Cup. Of course he wants to win Adelaide if he plays there. But the, these guys are different beasts, right? When you look at Roger, when you look at Rafa, when you look at Novak, their eyes are always on winning Grand Slams. ATP 1000s, great. Masters 1000s, awesome. ATP 500s, 250s, cool. But they're not Grand Slams. These guys are solely focused on winning Grand Slams and putting bet, putting forth their best effort in those Grand Slams. Now, I'm, I'm sitting here saying Rafa's really focused on the Australian Open. That's what I believe. He's really, really focused on the Aussie Open. But for all I know, Rafa could be using the Australian Open as a setup, get used to three to five set matches again, um, getting used to being on court for a really, really long time, get his conditioning under him. We have no idea where his conditioning is at this point. And then once we get to Roland Garros in May, then it's go time for him. That might be his Super Bowl this year. It very well could be. And everything leading up to that could be just practice, including the Australian Open. That's how these guys think. These guys are different animals, man. These dudes are different. They're built different. They think different. If you watch Novak's uh, 60 Minutes, you realize how different these dudes are. And what, what I'm saying, this is all just a big roundabout way to say, let's keep everything in perspective as 2024 begins. Because I think it is really all about perspective when it comes to Rafa being back, when it comes to Novak starting 2024. Like I said, don't get me wrong. Alex de Manure's win is a massive win for him, and it's a really, really good win. It's not like Novak, didn't, you know, Novak's trash. Like, Novak's really, really good, and Novak's going to get the best from every single player when he plays him. That's what he deserves, and that's what, you know, he's worked his whole life for um, because he's world number one and the greatest tennis player of all time when you look at the records. However, Novak's eyes aren't necessarily on a United Cup win. Losses are going to happen throughout the year. Some of these dudes are just focused that these losses don't happen at Grand Slams. And let's keep our eyes in the Aussie Open because that's what everyone's in Australia for. No one goes to Australia for Adelaide. Uh, some people do. The big dudes don't go to Australia for Adelaide. They don't go to Australia for Brisbane. They go to Australia for Melbourne. They go there for the Australian Open. That being said, Rafa's back, and this is awesome. I love it. Rafa is back. The United Cup is happening. Brisbane is happening. Let's talk a little bit more about Brisbane first, and then we're going to get to the United Cup because I think the United Cup is one of the best events when it comes to team events in the world, and I love that they do it right to start the year every single year before the Aussie Open. Brisbane is really the first tournament for players to play in, and it really gets a good 
showing because of when it is, and a lot of players are just really, really excited to get going. In the round of 16, Holger Runa wins that. He is going to play uh, Duckworth, James Duckworth, in the, what is that, the quarterfinals. Um, Matteo Arnaldi continues to play really, really good tennis. Uh, it's very impressive. Then on the bottom side, you got Hugo Humpbear, and then Jordan Thompson, and Rafael Nadal is going to play Kubler here in the round of 16. Looking forward to it with Nadal. Can he make a, a mad run here? Yeah, but is he going to, like, like I said earlier with the expectations, like if he lose to someone like Jordan Thompson, that's someone he wouldn't normally lose to, but it could very well happen in this tournament. Oh, at the very bottom of this, uh, Grigor Dimitrov, the two seed, is playing Altmaier. So the one seed in this is Holger Runa, and then the two seed is Dimitrov, and then the rest, Humbert is a four seed. He's still in it. Then everyone else is kind of has kind of ditched. So good tournament. It, it, it's a good starter tournament. There's tournaments to come after this when you look at Adelaide. Adelaide has one and then two, I believe. So, yeah, they have – no, Adelaide just has one this year. Never mind. Adelaide just has one tournament this year. There's one going on in Hong Kong. Uh, that's the 4th through the 7th of January, and then it goes to Adelaide, and then it goes to Auckland, New Zealand, and then it goes to the Aussie Open. Aussie Open starts on January 15th. That's so close. Unnecessarily close, that is. Um, Adelaide and Auckland are going on at the same time. They used to have two Adelaides. I don't know why they don't anymore. Anyway. January 15th, Melbourne happens. Uh, the Australian Open happens. That's way sooner than I thought it was. I thought it was like the 20th. So January 15th is when things get get going at the Australian Open, and that's what we're really all looking forward to when you look at the United Cup, which is also going on right now. So the United Cup is a little different than like the Davis Cup or the Billie Jean King Cup because Billie Jean King is just women. Davis Cup is just men. Put them together, men and women. It turns out every single year, to be like fantastic matches. There's a group stage, and then after the group stage, it gets into the quarterfinals and then the semifinals. So Australia beats Serbia to make it to the semifinals. Greece is going to play Germany in the quarterfinals. Poland beat China to make it to the semifinals. Poland's got a great team. Hubie Hercoc on that team, and then you have uh, Igor Sviatek on that team. That's a great team. France and Norway are, are, are going to play in the quarterfinals, so they still got to get to the semis and then get to the final. But to me, this tournament is like always a good like way to start the year, right? It's it's happy-go-lucky, it's competitive, but you know it's the men's tour, the women's tour kind of get together with Tennis Australia. They put on this uh, this event. It's fun. It's a good way to like ease into the really competitive start to the year. So I enjoy the United Cup quite a bit, and it's a great way to get things started. And especially getting the men and women together and getting like a team atmosphere where people can really get in on it. And I think players like playing in the team atmosphere. I think it's a really good thing right before they get into like a, a really intense tournament or two right before the Australian Open. So I think it's a great way to start the year. And I enjoy watching the United Cup every single year. Let's get to a little bit of news and then I'll get you out of here. I talked a ton about Rafa and Novak and all that stuff. Rafa's back, um, as you probably knew by the title of this episode. Um, but that's the biggest news right now is how they're playing. Obviously, jo Djokovic and Serbia lost in the United Cup. I don't think that really affects how he moves towards the U.S. Open. Next week, obviously, we're going to talk about more of, you know, Brisbane final, how Rafa did. And then you look at, you know, moving forward, Adelaide and Auckland are going to happen. And then you're going to get to the Aussie Open before you know it. So we'll get to all that stuff here in no time. But before we end today, there is a bit of news that has come out which I believe is really, really good news, especially for us watching around the world. 
and is that it sounds like the ESPN crew will be flying to Australia once again for the Australian Open. They've done it remotely the past few years, and it just doesn't look the same. It's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. But they're going to be on site once again in Australia, in Melbourne, calling the Australian Open. I think it's better for the fans. I think it gives us more of an intimate look at what's happening in Australia. And I'm happy for like Fowler and the McEnroe's and James Blake. I think they do you know, a better job when they're not waking up at you know midnight to call things from Bristol. Right, It'll be midday for them there in Australia. So good sign for tennis fans around the world that it seems like they're traveling. ESPN is traveling back across the world to Australia for the Australian Open. That's what's happening right now. All eyes are down under at the Australian Open, and I couldn't be more excited for what's to come. I really can't. Uh, Rafa's back. Novak's playing you know, pretty well. I can't wait for Carlos and some of those guys to really get the push towards an Aussie Open title because... I think one of them could do it this year. I have no idea who's going to win this tournament. That's why I'm not making my prediction for another two weeks. As you can tell, I'm happy about the Australian Open and tennis down under beginning again to start 2024. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Enjoy the beginning part of the year. And we're spoiled because we're going to get one of the best tournaments here in a couple weeks to start the year in 2024. And before we know it, there's going to be bonkers headlines left and right and things to talk about in the tennis world once things happen in Australia. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.